Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. up and welcome in this is under the hood with jonathan hood on espn 1000 and the espn app with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN 332-3776 is the telephone number hit me up on twitter twitter.com tweet j hood on instagram igj hood you follow me on instagram i follow you back maybe as we broadcast live from our first midwest bank studio Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to hear from Stacey King, three-time NBA champion, color analyst for the Chicago Bulls. We're get his thoughts on how he sees the Bulls. He's been trolled a lot on his Twitter, at Stacey21King. So I said, Stacey, come on our show and talk to us a little bit about how you feel about the Bulls. It's hard to find Stacey King in the summer, but we found him. And so you'll hear from Stacey King coming up at 8.30 right here on ESPN 1000. Short show tonight. It's been a short show all week, actually, in our summer hours this week from 7 to 9. Uh, so, again, if you've missed some of our shows, go back to the archives. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Check out the podcast. We've got a lot of great content for you. Some terrific guests. Strong opinions, as always, because it comes from me. So check it out. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. That's where you can find the podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, let's listen to it. Because here's what I think. If you if it's, ho- it's a holiday weekend, right, and you have a long drive, why not spend it with me? Why not just hear about the Cubs and the White Sox and the Bears, all the NFL that you need, all the college football that you need? It's all there on the podcast. And, all that, and that's just from this week. <laughs> all the NBA free agency news. Well, just here, if you're going to listen to something, listen to me. If you don't listen to me weeknights at 7, you say, okay, I'll catch the podcast here and there. Then, hey, subscribe. That way it's right there for you. It's always there if you subscribe to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. So glad to have you in today. Uh, we, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Bears before we hear from our guests from Summer of Football. So I saw this from ESPN.com. And the piece is entitled, Answering Biggest NFC North Questions. 
Rodgers in decline. Will the Vikings rebound? Let me scroll all the way down to the poll question. So the poll question that was posed on ESPN.com was this. Who will win the NFC North? The Bears, Lions, Packers, or Vikings? 34% of those who voted, and over 40,000 votes for this, and still live, by the way, on ESPN.com, say that the Vikings are going to win the NFC North. At 34%, the Bears are at 32%, the Packers are at 24%, and the Lions at 10%. So the Bears are not the favorite on this poll of over 40,000 people on ESPN.com. I have not made my official prediction just as of yet. When the schedule dropped, I believe I had the Bears at 10-6, and and I said that that is good enough to be in the playoffs. Of course, I've always got my... I can always change that when they get to Bourbon A or when the season gets closer. But I think when the schedule first dropped and it was on our show, I said, yeah, win-loss, 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 10-6. and six. So the, the, this is what Jeff Dickerson wrote on ESPN.com about the Bears in the NFC North. Will the Bears' defense take a step back under new coordinator Chuck Pagano? Pagano is a respected defensive mind, but Chicago's defense was so dominant last season that it's only natural to expect some slight regression. I don't expect regression. I expect for the Bears to enhance what they did last year. Because to me, still, that's the strength of the team. But he continues. As a team defense, the Bears ranked first in the NFL in total takeaways, interceptions, interceptions returned for touchdowns, and lowest opponent passer rating, rushing touchdowns, fewest rushing yards allowed per game, and fewest points per game allowed. The Bears became the first defense since the 06 Ravens to accumulate 45-plus sacks and 25-plus interceptions in a season. Man, that's strong. You know that's strong. I know it's strong. That That is some really quality defense for sure. And once again, it's the strength of the team. The team was good before Khalil Mack got here defensively. He just is able to raise it to another level with this Bears team. Um, he also says, Jeff, in this piece, he says, but talking about Vic Fangio, because Vic Fangio is no longer here. He's now the head coach for the Denver Broncos. says, but Fangio had Bears defenders playing at an optimum level. The system will change under Pagano. Chicago has a good fortune of having a roster stacked with quality defensive players, but asking the group to duplicate that kind of success in 2019 is awfully ambitious. Well, that's something for bulletin board, right? That's something that you could say, you know, maybe, just maybe, the Bears can be able to duplicate or maybe exceed what they did. Just because a coordinator isn't, isn't there doesn't mean the personnel takes a step back. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the summer of football. The summer of football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Summer of football. Lawrence flips it open. Justin Ross, off and running, and Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the handoff and takes off. 
be great, baby. Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Work. Right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't there yet. And the ESPN app. It is the summer of football. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I can't wait for football to start. SEC Media Days, by the way, is like in two weeks. So college football is right there. We talked college football with Chris Childers yesterday. We looked at the Big Ten. We looked at some of the college football uh, storylines coming into the season. But tonight we talk about the Bears and the NFL with former Bears wide receiver. It is Rasheed Davis, and he is with me, Jonathan Hood, for the Summer of Football here on ESPN 1000. Rasheed, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. What's up, Hood? Good to be back with you. Absolutely, absolutely. I I want to get you on. I hope that you have a, a great holiday. What uh, you, you got? Something cooking? Uh, how's that kitchen? I don't smell anything in the kitchen. Uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not cooking anything. But uh, <laughs> we, we are going to go over to friends' houses. Uh, hopefully, they're cooking something good. <laughs> See, that's good. See, that's a that's a that's a good play, Rasheed Davis. That's very good. See, you keep your kitchen closed and go over and you you munch on on other people's food. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, I'll bring the liquor though. <laughs> I'll bring the I'll bring the other good stuff. <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. If it, if they got the food, you got the you got the liquor. So that that works, man. That you works can't for show me. up empty handed. You can never show up empty handed to a friend's house. That's my now, motto, at least. Now, here's the thing. The difference between my wife and I is is that when we go over, you know, my family's house or, you know, go over her family's house, like, you know, we got to bring something. Yes. She's always with the wine. And I'm like, no, I think the hard stuff is good because that's where the truth comes out. So I'll bring a couple of, I'll bring some crown. I'll bring some, some other things just so that way it's a little bit of, a little bit of harder liquor. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, that's. It's, it's good to bring both, though, because, you know, my wife likes wine, too, so she brings a bottle of wine. I'll bring the other stuff. I like bourbon myself. Uh-huh. So bourbon, man. I bring a nice bottle of bourbon. That's, that's all right. It, I guess that's a good mixture. I'd rather bring the hard stuff, though. That way you get you find out who it, what really people are thinking about. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I like. Yeah. I like that. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to football season. I want to find out from from your standpoint, she what what do you miss most about this time of year? Because for years you were preparing to get your your body right and get your mind right for a full football season. What do you miss about that aspect of football? Uh, you know, the challenge, uh, you know, the preparation is probably the hardest at about this time of year because you're trying to get your body ready for the rigors of a full football season. So the challenge is something that I miss. And then when, you know, training camp starts, obviously the thing that you'll hear most players say is you miss the camaraderie, the teammates getting together, and and then all having one common goal, which is to win a Super Bowl and, and going out and working toward that. So those are the things that I miss about this time of year. You know, going to the Super Bowl, everyone's not blessed enough to be able to get to the Super Bowl, to be able to participate. What do you remember about that 06 season? Oh, man, I remember all the hard work we put in and all the um, the things that I, that I remember or the thing that I remember mostly is is that when people remember us, they're not going to remember all that work that we put in and all those things that we did because we didn't win the championship, right? So because we didn't win, people will forget how 
many things bounced our way and how many plays we made and all those things that led up to us getting to that Super Bowl. Yes, but Chicago will remember. Maybe maybe others won't uh, remember. Well, sometimes, remember. sometimes people remember. Sometimes people remember. Other times people are like, oh, yeah, that other team that uh, went to the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, you know. So it's all good, though. It's I had a phenomenal career. I love the city of Chicago and the fans. So I think it was Prince. I think that was the factor in that game. And you the think Prince, Prince is, is the reason we <laughs> lost? That's the first time I've heard that one. <laughs> I'm a Prince fan, but I think that, that Prince is uh, – that all that rain and Prince being out there, I think that he extended that halftime. You guys are ready to get back on the field, and he was out there, you know, playing a guitar in the rain. Didn't care about his life. He, I mean, <laughs> could have been. I mean, he's got electrical guitar, and he's out there in the rain. I don't know. I think that affected yeah, you guys. That's know. my theory. I, I can't. I can't blame Prince. Prince is my guy. I love Prince. I can't blame Prince. <laughs> She Davis. Davis with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. She, when you watch the NFL today, is there a wide receiver that you key in on that you enjoy watching? Ooh, Antonio Brown, there's several. Antonio Brown, definitely. He's phenomenal. Just what he's able to do, knowing that everybody's going to double and triple team him and he still performs. Um, that is amazing. Uh, Julio Jones. Julio Jones is a monster. My favorite guy to watch right now is DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he is a beast. So his attitude toward the game, the way that he approaches every game, um, it's just fun to watch, man. It's fun. To, and some of the catches that he makes are unbelievable. You know, so. And then also you think about, uh, what is it, Michael Thomas and, and – uh, and Drew Brees, and the fact that Drew Brees throws him the ball all the time, and he has like a ninety percent catch uh, percent, yeah, ninety percent catch percentage, something like that. It's mm-hmm. crazy. He doesn't drop anything. Yeah, B. Hop. By the way, the, the, um, you mentioned Hopkins from the Texans. He is he is really fun, and I've heard a couple of people already on this show talk about Hopkins. Is there anything that stands out in particular about him? Because a number of people have keyed in on him and said that's the guy right there. Um, what stands out to me is his, his competitive nature. You know, he knows that he's the man. He knows that he's the best player on the field. Um, and the catches that he's able to make contested are unbelievable. Like, I just remember one catch from last year that wasn't even a catch. It was rude, not a catch. I can't remember why. Maybe it was out of bounds or something like that. But he was falling and, you know, attached it to his legs or something. Somehow he caught it against his leg while he was falling backwards. It was unbelievable. So that's, you know, he's just, he's one of the best players ever in the game, in my opinion. Rashid, if you played today, you know you'd be getting all kind of calls, right? I mean, you just you just got off the field in 2011, but still, if you're playing today because of the way the game is called, and there's and it's altered toward offense, and I have no problem with that, but I'm thinking that you're getting a lot more calls than you had when you played. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I can't live in the past, and, and I wish I could say that that would be true or not. You know, I, I, I enjoyed my time playing, man. 
Um, it was a lot of fun. I did the best that I could with the opportunities that I had, and, you know, it was just a tremendous blessing that I even got a chance to make it to this level. You know, I, I never thought that someone was going to give me an opportunity um, to play in the NFL, and so I'm tremendously grateful for the Bears for giving me that opportunity. Well, hell, I'll say it. You would have had all kind of calls. <laughs> you can't. I appreciate I'll say that. It. I appreciate it, that. It, it, it's more, more or less talking about just the way the game has been called, where you know, even when defenders on you, corners in the secondary, even small calls now are getting flags because of the the kind of contact. You, you are more. You got a lot of contact that was not called back then, but you can just see how the game has changed. Where receivers, you know, can get a little bit of contact, and it's uh, it's a flag. So that's that's the difference in the game, even from back in 2010, 2011. That is true. You know, they um, they police the game a little bit closer now. Actually, not a little bit. It's a lot closer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so that does make it a lot easier to uh, to get open and make plays. You know, because guys are more afraid to get, you know, to touch people now um, and to grab and to hold. And, and so, uh, but back then, you know, they were holding on to everybody. So it doesn't, it didn't matter. What do you think of the Bears' offense with Mitch Trubisky? I think they're a solid offense. I think they are. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with the run game this year. I think they need to run the ball more. That's just my opinion, mm-hmm. um, to take a lot more pressure off of Trubisky. Uh, I think he still has a lot to grow, you know, and I think he um, – I'm hoping that he does make that next step and, and becomes a more consistent, better passer, but I like him. I think he works hard. I think his attitude is, is great. Um, I think he's a good leader. Um, but in my opinion, I – I think the coaching staff can do a lot to take some of the pressure off of him by running the ball more and more consistently. What I've been saying about the running game on the show, Rashid, is that if you did not believe in the running back that you had, you better make sure that you have uh, as much or more production from that spot than you had last year. Because it's a move that didn't mm-hmm. ha- didn't have to be made. That's that's my point. Like you didn't have to change, but because you want to have a little bit more versatility in the backfield and someone that can catch the ball out in the flat more often, okay. But you got to be right about that. Otherwise, you let a, a a really, I think, solid running back just walk away. I agree with you. Um, I personally didn't really understand why he didn't. Um, he wasn't used more running the ball downhill in a more traditional, you know, running back role last year. So that um, getting rid of him, letting him go, letting a high-quality running back or player go is something that can be questionable. So I agree with you in that respect. I just think that, and listen, when you're a coaching staff and you want to be more vertical down the field and you think that, Tariq Cohen or Montgomery or some of the other uh, running backs can be able to give you what you want. That's fine. But but you make sure that you can exceed what Jordan Howard brought to the table in that, in that spot. Because Jordan, to me, was just a solid back. I mean, I think about 
I think about Thomas Jones running the football, and there's a guy there that mm-hmm. that took the contact, that took the beating, but also was able to find a way through. I, and I think that Jordan could have been at least at that level if you continue to give him the rock. Doesn't mean dynamic, doesn't mean great, but just someone that you could depend on. And so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you you took a step back because to Tariq is a gadget back. Tariq is not a down in mm-hmm. and down out back. He could do a lot of different things, but that's not a guy between the tackles that you can have in November and December when the weather gets bad. So that's that not to run the football. He can catch it, but I I I just look forward to seeing what that looks like. I don't disagree. You know, I think um, I know the league is gone away from, or it's, it's sort of going away from a, a run-first lead, but I think, really, I think in order for a team to have a lot of success and consistent success, you need to be able to run the rock. Sometimes some teams are going to be able to stop you from throwing the ball, or the weather is going to stop you from being able to throw the ball. And you need to, in order to be a consistent winning team and go deep into the playoffs year after year, you need to have a solid run game that you can slow the game down. Passing the ball all over the field looks good, and and you may score a lot of points, but you also put the ball back in the other team's hands a lot more frequently, and you leave a lot more time on the clock when you're consistently throwing the ball on every down. When you can play keep away, and you can control the clock with a guy like uh, Jordan Howard, you know. Then you have, and you have a strong defense like the Bears have. Then you you put yourself in the driver's seat where you can control every aspect of the game. And for sure, I mean, Trubisky is much better quarterback than Grossman, right? <laughs> I won't say that. I'm not going to go there, but. Um, they're different. They're different players. Oh, uh, Rashid. Trubisky's a better runner. Don't do for that. Sure. Don't do Rex that. Rex is my guy, man. I love Rex. Rex is my guy. I don't want to go there. Don't do that. You can't be on this side of the microphone <laughs> saying that they're different. You can't uh, do that. I, I'd say they're different. They are different. I'd say that. <laughs> I'd say they're different. Oh, yeah. So would I. I'd say, I, you know what? You and I agree, sir. They are. They were different. Yes. We agree, yes. Yes, we agree with that, yes. But right now, Trubisky is much better than Grossman. Like, you'd rather have Mitch right now. Yeah, because Rex is retired. I mean, you know, you can't be good when you're retired. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. You got me, man. You got me on that one. Well, I'm, I'm glad you spent some time. I hope that you enjoy your, your holiday. I'm looking forward to the season, and I uh, hope we can catch up again before the season starts. Sounds good. I got one more thing to say. I... I I like the uh, the point you were making about the defense and uh, the article you read with uh, well, Dickerson. I think it was Jeff Dickerson's article. Yeah. I think he has a point, though, but more so because of the coaching change than, than um, the fact that the Bears did so well last year. The reason I say that is because I think whenever you change – uh, a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, except for maybe the Patriots, right? You have a, a philosophy change, right? And you also have terminology change. And so now you go from one language and now you're trying to teach a team a new language. And so there's going to be some regression in my 
opinion, I, I, I believe that they will initially start off a little bit slower than they started last year, but hopefully uh, sort of progress as the season goes on and, and they're used to the philosophy of Pagano and they get more used to the terminology and what he's looking for from them because that's really where I think they're going to be slowed down a little bit because they're going to be thinking more than they would have under Fangio because they had been under him for a little bit, right? So that, I think, is where the regression is going to come from. Not not because they did so well last year. You know, yes, it's hard to duplicate that much success, but I think they can do that once they understand exactly what they're doing and they know exactly what uh, Pagano is looking for. Yes, and Trubisky is better than Rex. <laughs> right Hi, man, now, I yes, you're 100% correct. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. All right, thanks for having me. Bye. Uh, longtime uh, wide receiver of the Chicago Bears, Rasheed Davis, with me, Jonathan Hood. Stacy King on the NBA and what's going on with the Bulls. That is coming up next. From your hood to J-Hood. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. The Cubs lead the Pirates 5-4. Their game is in the top of the seventh thing at PNC. Sox with a home run by Cordell. They're down two to the Tigers in the fifth inning. Glad that you're with me here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. I'd like to remind you, I'm with on the David Kaplan Show, Kaplan Company, tomorrow 9 to noon here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. So I'll be with you on the fourth. I want it to work because you never know if Kawhi signs. I want to be on the air if that happens. So that'll be uh, part of the mix tomorrow. Under the Hood moves to 9 to noon for tomorrow right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We turn now to a three-time NBA champion, color analyst for the Chicago Bulls. It is the great Stacy King, and he joins me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Stacy, as always, I, I appreciate your time. I, I just want to get your thoughts on what's going on in your Twitter. I'm following you at Stacy21King, and I see all these Bulls trolls coming after you about the signings by the Bulls, you know, what do you think about the signings of the Bulls and these people coming after you? Well, I mean, you know, just speaking to fans and, and you know, dealing with fans on Twitter, you know, everybody wants to get the superstar player. Everybody wants to get Kevin Durant. Everybody wants to get Steph Curry. You know, you want to get these guys, you know, they want their team, which is the Bulls, to be able to be in play to get those guys. But unfortunately, you know, you, you've got to, you know, you've got to rebuild and, and get the key pieces to go along with those kind of guys. And for those guys even consider coming to play in Chicago, you, we've got a nice, you know, you know, young nucleus of players that the Bulls in the front office has put together. They go out and get a Santa Rasky, who I think is, is going to surprise a lot of people. Six foot seven point guard can play three positions. He's athletic. Uh, I've had opportunity to see him play the last three years in Washington, and I've always liked the kid. I mean, he's filled in for John Wayne. Uh, then you get a you know you get a guy like Thaddeus Young, who's a pro's pro. I mean, this kid, wherever he goes, you know, he he just makes the team better, and he's good in the locker room. He leads by example, and he's a guy who not only can show younger players how to be professional uh, because we need that, but this is a guy who still can get it done on the court and get you eighteen, twenty points a game. Uh, from that stretch four position. So these are great pickups 
Bulls are going in the right direction. I know fans are getting frustrated because they feel like, you know, we, you know, the Bulls should do better. They could do better. But unfortunately, man, you know, you have to take, you know, you have to crawl before you walk, Jay Hood. And I think a lot of people want to start running, and that's not how it works in the NBA. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I talked to John Paxson on draft night about a number of things I want to ask you about. And that's one of the things I asked him about is is playing with pace. I understand that there's a lot of injuries and there was a lot of uh, Windy City Bulls on the team toward the end of the season. So whatever Boylan was trying to run, he, he could not run it the way maybe he didn't he wanted to. However, as we see the NBA today, you must play with pace. And I, and I asked him, is there going to be a little bit more pace? John said there were some players that not, were not willing to get up and down the floor the way they wanted them to. I'm wondering, with some of these new-look Bulls, could we see the Bulls play with a little bit more pace, especially with Kobe White in the mix? Yeah, I, I don't think you draft a Kobe White from North Carolina if you don't plan to play fast. I mean, that's his game. I mean, you saw him in North Carolina the one year that he played for Roy Williams, and Roy Williams is a fast-paced coach. He's always been that way, so... I don't think you can have Kobe White to be your, your point guard in the future if you don't anticipate you're going to play fast. You got look at, look at your roster. I mean, you got Zach Levine, athlete. You know, you've got Larry Marklin, seven footer, athlete. Wendell Carter Jr., athlete. You know, you've got a ton of athletes on there. Sandaransky, athlete. So you've got guys now that that should not be a problem. You should be able to get up and down the floor. You should be able to play faster. Uh, and I think they will. I think they've got the pieces now to to play fast, to compete at a high level. And what I've said, you know, all along with this team is that they can avoid injury. You know, that's been the biggest problem with this team the last few years is losing key players to injuries early and, and getting behind the eight ball and having to fight their way back uphill. So if they can stay healthy, um, you know, I, I expect them to make the playoffs. I'm, I'm one of the few people who think they can make the playoffs. I, I could see them winning 20 or more games uh, than they did last year to put themselves in that 40, 42 range and then have an opportunity to compete uh, for the playoffs. And, and with the roster that they have, it makes some noise because if you really look at the Eastern Conference, it's gotten better. But Boston is not the same team. You know, they've, they're going to take a step back. And if, if Toronto doesn't get Kawhi Leonard back, they take a huge step back. They'll still be good, um, but they're not going to be that the team that they were this year. You lose a Kawhi Leonard, you lose like losing three people. So uh, the, 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 the top of the class, you got Milwaukee. Um, I think Philadelphia, with their moves they made, is, is really good. Um, you know, and I, th- I think you know um, Milwaukee is, to me is the is the, the team to watch out for because so I think if Giannis comes back and he finds a jump shot and, and, and can pass better, I think they they could be the team to beat. Stacey King, Bulls color analyst with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Also asked John about uh, load management, which is a buzzword around the NBA. I'm old school, but I'm uh, but I'm modern enough to understand that load management is a thing where you want to be able to rest some players so that way they're ready for a playoff stretch. Um, John says that he is looking seriously into this Bulls team being more active with load management. And it's a, what's so funny about that is it, I asked him, I said, well, you have, you have the youngest team in the league. Are you really looking into load management? He said, it's something that we're definitely looking into. Uh, could you imagine healthy players sitting out on, on this team to avoid injuries? Well, I mean, this is the way the new NBA is. You know, I'm old school. You know, we, we played every game, and there was no load management when I played. But, you know, this is a new generation of players. This is a new way of thinking in the NBA is they feel that, 
you know, almost every team feels that, you know, if they can monitor how many games a guy plays during the year, uh, that they'll be fresh towards the end. And, you know, I, I look at that as being, you know, to me, um, you know, they're, they're going to fall in line with what everybody else is doing. And, and with that said, you know, I don't think the injuries that they had, these were all freak injuries. These weren't injuries that they, they did, some of these guys did while they were actually playing. These were preseason injuries, you know, missing Larry, Larry marketing with the elbow injury early in training camp. You know, those are, those are things that happen, freak injury type of things. You can't guard against those things. You know, you know Denzel Valentine having ankle injuries that, you know, just really didn't heal right and having to be out the whole season due to surgery. These are things that, you know, really had nothing to do with load management. But I understand what, you know, what this league is all about and what they're doing. I'm not a big fan of it, you know, especially when you're trying to develop teams and you're developing culture here. If you got a playoff team and you've got guys on your team that are in their 30s, I could see the load management, LeBron James, you know, the guys like that who walk heavy minutes. I could see that. Kawhi Leonard, I could see that. But, you know, me seeing all these young kids that are in their 20s and you're asking them the load management, you know, I mean, think about if you're, your parents who work a 9 to 5 and they got load management. <laughs> they got load management. I'm, sure, I'm, sure they, I'm sure they want load management as well. Uh, yeah, of, of course, absolutely. I know. I know my people wish they had some load management away from me. I, I know for a my few mom days. and dad wish they had load management. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of what ifs when it comes to Kawhi Leonard because I've been saying on the air, Stacy, that he holds the keys uh, to free agency. He's he's the guy that hasn't made his decision just as of yet. Um, so, what if? Kawhi Leonard goes back to the Raptors, then how do you look at the Raptors in the East? Can they repeat if he comes back? Oh, I think they definitely can repeat. I mean, they, they've got a good enough team to, to to do that. I mean, he brings so much to that team. I mean, that was a totally different team, and they had basically the same players with the exception of him and Marcus Gasol. So, you know, they're bringing that t- same team back, and you know, that that team would be that team would be tough to beat. Um you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I've said all along that even if they won, that you know, his mindset was he wanted to go back home to California. And, you know, I think you've heard his uncle talk, people in his circle talk. You haven't heard actually Kawhi talk, but you've heard people in his inner circle say that. And now, you know, the Lakers, who they said he, he'd never play for, um, now he's, you know, being interviewed by them along with the Clippers. So if you're Toronto, you know, what's plan B if he doesn't come back? Because if you lose him... You know, you go you go from being the favorite to now maybe in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. If that, that's and tough. That's tough to swallow. So, if, if he goes to the Lakers, where are the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron and Kyle Kuzma? Well, if he goes to the Lakers, they they have to be the favorite. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, you got now arguably you've got three of the top five players on the same team. I mean, that's. I mean that that would be more devastating than what Gold State did. I mean you're you're talking about generational talents. You've got you know you've got you know a, uh, Anthony Davis generational talent, 25 years old. You know you've got Kawhi Leonard who who has won championship team and won championships on not superstar laden teams. You know he's been the MVP of of two teams that were you know that were middle of the pack type teams. San Antonio was pretty good, but their stars were aging when he won. But he still carried two teams. So. You know, you put him on that team with LeBron and, and, and Anthony Davis, and then you just sprinkle in some other players around them. I mean, they have to be the favorite. I mean, they have to be even more. That might be even more devastating lineup than what you saw at Golden State the last five years. What about Doc and the Clippers, baby? 
What if Kawhi goes to the Clippers? Because that's also an option, baby. What about the Clippers? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. He could do the same thing that he did in Toronto. He could elevate that team. Because you think about what Doc had. You know, Doc Doc put a team together that really, really meshed well. There was chemistry there. Lou Williams, the sixth man of the year. They were a hard-grinding team. They kind of remind you of an Easter Conference team back in the 80s. They just defended hard. They played physical. Um, you know, you had a guy like Kawhi Leonard to that lineup with what they already have. That elevates them to easily be in a top two or three team in the Western Conference. Stacey King joins me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I have loved this offseason so much because the NFL can't touch it. Major League Baseball can't touch it. There's nothing like the offseason as far as the free agency frenzy that we saw. I... There's so many stories, but I think the number one thing I look at is Kevin Durant making his decision to go to to Brooklyn. That says all you need to know about the Knicks. It says all you need to know about KD removing himself from a championship situation. Getting away from Golden State, saying I'm going to, you know, plant my flag here in Brooklyn and bring uh, Kyrie Irving with me. What would your thoughts on that story? Well, I mean, it's really sad because, you know, I mean, Kevin Durant is, is one of the best players in the game. And, you know, you ask yourself, you know, what do guys play for? Okay, what, what are you playing for? You know, you know you're one of the best players in the NBA. You're already getting the money. You're going to get the most money playing for Golden State. And then on top of that, you got a chance to be considered one of the greatest teams ever to play if you stay on that roster with those guys that he's on there with. You got two of the best shooters of all time on the same team. They're unselfish. No one cares, you know, who who's the star. But I think Kevin Durant cares who, who the star was. I, I think, you know, he, he didn't want to share the limelight with, with the rest of these guys. I mean, he I've heard where he said, you know, he wasn't happy because everybody this is Steph Curry's team and you know, let me ask yourself, you know, Hoodies, like you know, what do you want? I mean, you're winning rings. You're getting the most money you can get. You're getting max dollars. You're getting paid like a superstar. Uh, you got a new arena. You got a fan base that's rabid. I mean, what do you want? Most guys say, "Hey, you know what? I'm trying to win a ring later in my career." He's not even. He hasn't even reached. His, he's in his prime right now, and he's going to be coming off a devastating injury. And you think to yourself. Golden State's a perfect situation for him because they wouldn't rush him to come back. And then if he let's say he set out the whole year and he comes back, he doesn't have to put all that scoring load on his shoulders. He doesn't have to be the Kevin Durant that we have seen over the last five years right away. He can come back at his own pace and let somebody else take the scoring load from him. But when you go to that Brooklyn team, you know, by the time you come back, Kyrie Irving has already just basically put a flag in his, his team. So you're right back in that same situation, I think, that you were when you were in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook, where you both are taking turns scoring, and you know you realize that hey, you know this guy, I can't play with this guy, and you're going to, I think you're going to find the same thing where where Kyrie Irving is they're going to have problems because both of them want to be the alpha dog, both of them want to be the number one guy, and if you're not willing to share like Golden State was. Because Steph Curry and those guys didn't care if, if Kevin Durant was number one, if he was the MVP. They didn't care. We're, they're about winning. It's about winning rings, and that's what they committed to. So I, I think he's going to have a hard time out in Brooklyn. I just don't understand. Here's the thing. I love him. You love him. A great basketball player. But he's such a brooding athlete. Stacey, I, I don't know what makes him happy. I mean, even winning a couple of championships with Golden State, being MVP, man, you respect it. Many look at, Kawhi, at at KD as the best player in the NBA. You can make the argument. 
but the, but the point is like all this stuff and still seemingly unhappy i don't know what makes him happy <laughs> i wish i mean i mean it, and it's not respect everybody respects him he's he, he's well, so concerned with the twitter egg on, on the guy on twitter yeah. or the guy on instagram like that those those people don't matter well, I, I, it, think, I think a lot of it, though, Jay Hood, is, is that he's very sensitive. He's got rabbit ears. He hears everything that everybody says about him. He reads everything. I mean, when you got to create a burner account to attack fans and go back to fans, <laughs> that tells that tells you a little bit about him. That he not saying that he's not a, a good kid because he is a good kid. I, I, I mean, he's a really, really good kid. He's a great player. But you know, like I said, you know, they always say you know lions don't care the opinions of sheep. But he does. I mean, you know, if you're on top of the mountaintop and people are, your detractors are both beneath you, you know, you don't really care about what they say. As long as your teammates in that locker room care about you, your family knows who you are as a person, and people that are close to you know who you are as a person. Who cares what, you know, uh, Twitter trolls uh, care about? Who cares what they think? It's not, it's not important. You know, as long as you, as long as you know the people around you and your teammates, your inner circle, the people that matter, how they feel about you, that's all that matters, and I think he worries about what everybody's, you know, what everybody says about him, what they think. I mean, when you can, when you, like I said, when you when you create a burner account and you go back and you're going at fans through the burner account, I mean, come on, man, that that, that tells you a little bit about that that type of situation, David. All right, Stacy, what, what's the spread for, for the Fourth of July? Uh, what what happens now at the King household? <sighs> Man, you know what? I'm going on a boat, man. I'm going on a boat with one of my boys, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to celebrate out there at Lake Geneva and uh, kick it out there. Some little fireworks and some some uh, grown folk drinks, and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw on some suntan lotion because, you know, I, you know, I'll be out there melting like Frosty the Snowman in Vegas. <laughs> it's been hot. It's been hot these last four or five days. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Boy, I thought I was in Vegas. This is terrible. I, mean, I love Chicago, but this weather, one day it's snowing, next day it's 85 degrees and humid. <laughs> so you got your beach body ready for the fourth. It's all ready oh, to go. Oh, yeah, right? baby. I told you. I told you I was going to be ready. I told you I was going to be ready. If I'm ready, I'm not going to be wearing no Speedo or anything like that, but uh, I'm ready. <laughs> I saw your man Funk, by the way, on draft day. He looks good. He's ready yeah, to go. Yeah, he does. He, he does, man. I, I, I talked to him a couple of days ago. Uh, he's doing very, very good. He's enjoying his summer. He's uh, traveling with his wife Renee. Uh, matter of fact, he was just getting ready to go to Tahoe uh, when I talked to him. So he, you know, he, he's he's a traveling man. Man, he's like, where's Waldo? It's like, where's Trump? You don't never know where he's at. He's gone somewhere every time. He's golfing in South Carolina. He's taking twenty-one day cruises all over the place. You know, you got to just you just got to catch him. You got to be lucky to catch him. It's like Lucky Charms, little Lucky Charms guy. You just got to be lucky to catch him. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, th- the story came across about Wendell Carter Jr. He's going to undergo a procedure on July 9th to repair a core muscle injury. They're going to need him. There's no more Lopez. The Lopez brothers are together, two head monsters. So I look forward to seeing what Wendell can do in the middle. You know what? I'm I'm really anxious to see. Cause I thought I kind of thought he got robbed when it came to the you know all rookie teams this year. I, I thought he did enough in the games that he played to solidify a position on there. But I'm really I'm really looking forward to his second year. I think he's going to bust out. Um, again, we've got so much young talent. And you just want to, if you're Bulls fans, you just, you just got to be, I know you hear patience, and I know they get tired of hearing that. But in order to get to where this team needs to go, you know, look at Toronto. I mean, Toronto developed their young players. You know, the highest, the highest pick they had was 15th, and that was Kawhi Leonard. 
and everybody else was more than that. And it took a couple of years to develop, and then you get lucky to get a superstar. And I, I keep telling people, you know, stars will come. You know, they need to see that the Bulls' young players are legit. They need to see, like, these guys are really, really good. This is a good young core. And, you know, I could see a star saying, hey, you know what? Chicago's a great city. they got a great fan base. It's a big market. And these kids can play. So I want to come play. So I think in a couple of years, if they can keep doing it the way they're doing, build through the draft, they're, they're going to be right there in the mix. Because look at Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is, 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 you know, doesn't have, in my opinion, doesn't have as much talent as the Bulls have, you know. And, I, and they were able to get a start. The reason why they were able to get a start is because they improved. They improved. Their front office did a great job of putting guys on the floor, uh, uh, high-energy guys, high-character guys. And they look at you guys. You got two guys that want to play there, and, and I think the Bulls could be in that position in a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I've, I've said this on the air. You cannot evaluate players that don't play because of injury. I need to see these guys on the floor playing so we can find out how good they can be. I know what they are, I can, but I don't know what they can be when they exactly. are not, when they're, when they're always hurt. I don't know what they are. So that's, that's the whole but thing. The good so. thing, the good thing, AJ Hood, is when you look at, you look at the base. Because I always say in order to build a team towards a championship team, you've got to have a core group. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got to have like six or seven guys. That's what made our championship team so good is that you know, Terry Krause never got the credit he deserved. I mean, he took a lot of criticism, but the one thing he was really smart at and the one thing that he did that I thought better than anybody during that time was he recognized who his seven guys were. He, he recognized who his seven guys were, and then he built around those seven guys, and he went out and got guys that were specialty guys, guys that could fill multiple roles, guys that could play multiple positions, three-point shooters, and that's the model you have to do to be to have to have success in the NBA. You've got to have look at this young core that we've got. I mean, you've got two budding all stars in Levine and and Larry Markin that have a chance to be all stars. And I don't know when they're going to be all stars, but they have a chance, and that potential is there. You just have to you have to develop that potential. I think if Zach's going to make the all star team, he's got to be a, a two way player. He's got to play defense. And if I'm Jim Boylan. That's the one thing I'm telling him. The one thing that's keeping you off an all-star team or even being recognized as being an elite player in this league is you've got to play defense. You've got to step it up, and you've got to go out there and compete on both ends. And if you do that, you're looking at being a, a, a perennial all-star. And then same thing with Lowry. You know, stay healthy. Stay healthy. You know, you got to battle through, through injuries, but stay healthy. If you stay healthy and you put up the numbers that you do when you're healthy – you're a pretty all-star. Mm-hmm. But we got some we got some stuff. Listen, the cupboard is not bare. The cupboard is not bare. We got a lot in the cupboard. And I like I like what they did during the offseason. I know fans are you know, a little a little distracted a little bit by it because we didn't get any big name players, but I'm gonna tell you something. You gotta crawl before you walk. And if they can come out and win twenty more games this year, uh, more than they did last year, that's a successful season. They make it to the playoffs, that's great. I know people say, well, why do you want to play to the A.C.? Hey, let me tell you something. I'd rather be the A.C. than being in the playoffs in April than sit my butt at home watching it on TV. And I think yeah. if you ask any player in that locker room, they'll tell you the same thing. If it's eight or one, as long as they're in the playoffs. And that's a start. you got to build on something, and I think this year they will. Stacey, I'm glad you spent some time, man. Enjoy your holiday. Hey, you too, Jay Hood. You know what? You're still the best in the business, baby. You're the only one <laughs> that can get me on the radio in the summertime when I should be out here sunbathing and tanning. <laughs>
You're the only person to do that. So I'm just going to throw that out to you. You're my man. Every time you call me, you go straight to voicemail. When I answer your call, we go back a long way. We tighter, we tighter than spandex on a sumo wrestler, boy. <laughs> that's tight. That's tight. That is tight. Yes, it is. That's skin tight. Thanks for having me. All right, Stacey King for the Bulls color analyst with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You don't see just how wild the crowd is. You don't see just how fly my style is. Jonathan Hood. I don't see why I need a stylist when I shot so much I can speak Italian. On ESPN 1000. Thank you for listening being part of the program here on ESPN 1000. The ESPN app, our thanks to you for listening. Our thanks to Chris Bleck, to Rasheed Davis, and Stacey King for being our guests. Show produced by Sean Davis on the other side of the glass. Next is Freddie and Fitzsimmons right here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget, tomorrow, 9 to noon, I'll be in for CAP on the 4th of July. So I hope that you can join us there. Hope that you enjoy your holiday. We'll talk Thursday, 9 to noon, right here on ESPN 1000. Jonathan Hood. I'm so good. On ESPN 1000.